0: This podcast series has been made possible through an exclusive sponsorship from SA's number one nano-influencer platform, The Salt. Most brands have a communication line to their existing customers, but not a way to get them to have additional positive brand conversations. The Salt solves the problem by identifying brand brands and getting them to talk more about their positive brand experiences. The Salt have a database of over 140,000 registered brand fans and in-depth information on each to perfectly match your brand to the right answer. Reach out to them now and see what they can do
1: for you. Hi, I'm Gordon Muller. I'm a guru in the Doc and Guru podcast. Thanks for being with us. For those of you who don't know me, I've spent over 40 years in the media industry in South Africa and uh, pretty much made it my home, my life, my passion. I have other passions, unfortunately, for my sins, I'm an Arsenal supporter and a Sharks supporter, so we're going to do pretty much everything on the show as it pertains to media, marketing and money, but we don't take jokes about Arsenal or the Sharks.
2: I'm Doug Mateus, uh, the doc on the show. Uh, and again, for those of you who don't know me, I've uh, spent 30 years in, in uh, various companies in South Africa. Uh, running uh, different marketing functions and the last job I had I was privileged enough to work with a team that took
1: It's going well, Doc. Uh, it's winter. I've got my winter woolies on and uh, I'm beginning to embrace the season.
2: You need a haircut, Gordon. Uh, far be it for me to talk about hair, but I do think you need to get uh, the clippers and the scissors. Out. The
1: clippers are coming out. In fact, uh, as a direct consequence of my... Granddaughter telling me my hair looks like snot, uh, which was rather <laughs> alarming. Uh, then we unpacked it, and I understood the limitation of language. She meant it has knots. Okay, all right. So well, close. Sounds, sounds snot, similar. But either way, I need to get a haircut 100% well, correct. As
2: I say, but be for me to be commenting on looks and, uh, and, and hair. Gordon we got a very interesting guest with us as we as we have had over the last 2 years you know we've had some fantastic people in and a young y- a young lady you know we talk about yeah. You know, when I say young we talk about the youth of today inspiring the youth of today and and today's no exception so a big welcome to Boipelo Mabe uh, Boipelo, uh, welcome and uh, you and I first crossed paths <laughs> a few years back when you were um, a finalist in Miss South Africa, yeah. and and I was at Salsi who sponsored it to that stage, and uh, we brought you in as an intern, as we did those years. We offered, you know, all of the finalists of Miss South African, inter- and you've taken that uh, and really run with it. So thank you very much for for taking the time to be with us.
3: Yeah. Firstly, thank you for, for having me. Uh, you guys sound like a lot of fun. So <laughs> I'm excited to finally be here. You know, I always see your posts on LinkedIn, yeah. you know, all the great guests that you guys have. So I'm truly honored to, to be here with you guys today.
2: Yeah, thanks. <laughs> and, and yeah, you know, th- and, and I think one of the things that Gordon and I have tried to do over the last while is talk about marketing and media, which is obviously the nature of the podcast, but mm-hmm. delve down. And, and, and I think if I take out just two things out of that, is about is about youth development and education, Gordon. And, and I think today, you know what, we I'd like to start, before we get into your very current stuff yes. and very important stuff, let's just talk back. You know, yeah. you use a hashtag very proudly on, on your web, uh, and we'll talk later about how people get hold of you on your web, yes. um, daughter of a taxi driver, you come out of Alex, you've grown out of of that environment, but today you've blossomed into a person who's really and I want to use the influencer in the correct way, yes. you know, uh, and that you really are positively influencing. Let's just go back to those days. Let's talk yeah. about your parents, the values that you've learned, the value of education, and uh, and then mm. we can we can pause, obviously, on today's work.
3: Yes. Um, so I mean it's been quite an incredible journey when I look back and I think also when I hear people reflect or talk about what I've done, you know, sometimes I actually am really shocked and surprised <laughs> that, wow, you know, I've I've come that far. And, you know, I'm learning to appreciate that. Uh but yes, I was born and raised in Alexandria and uh I think we we all could talk to the realities of the township and growing up in there. But I think for me personally, one of the things that stood out in terms of my experience there was just how limiting growing up in a place like that can be socially, emotionally, even just the confidence that you have as a young person, because you step out the door, you know, the first things that you are confronted with is, you know, the state of, just society around you, the poverty, the joblessness, the lack of inspiration, the, you know, just all the issues of life. And uh, then you have to step out of that thinking or step out of that environment into school or a workplace where you're now surrounded by people who've had completely different experiences and you're expected to step up and be confident. So I think for me growing up, that was one of my biggest challenges, just building the confidence of I deserve to be here too. I deserve to succeed too, that I'm not necessarily a reflection of where I come from, but you know, I have the tools and the, the platforms to be able to move forward. So um, with that, I'm just so grateful to have had the parents that I did. Though my father did not complete school, I think his um, highest grade was grade nine. Uh, my mom, they were very, very supportive in terms of my education. So for them, you know, the, the next best thing was for me to get educated. And that's the support that they provided for me that even though financially things were not always great and they could not always provide for me in that way, they supported all my dreams, my ideas, you know, the things that I had in my mind and all the crazy things. I mean, at the time, sounded crazy because who am I, you know, this young yeah. <laughs> um little girl growing up in a township like Alex. And I think for me also, it it was quite clear and reflective that, wow, I need to use education as a tool to get me to where I need to get to. So I took it seriously. And I remember one of the conversations I had with my parents in high school was, um, so they promised that if I passed really well, that um, they would pay for my university. Yeah. And when my mom talks about it now, she says that to them, They knew they didn't have that money, but they knew they needed to say that so that I could be encouraged and inspired to do what I needed to do. So here we are now, uh, first (laughs) term, grade 12. I'm like, okay, mom, my grade 11 results were great, Mm -hmm. and uh, I'm ready to apply. I want (laughs) to go to UCT, VITS, or UP, and here are the fees, and this is what I need. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, it was that hard conversation now of... Them sitting me down to say, we're very proud of you. But unfortunately, we just don't have this money. And in that moment, and you know, this is something I'll speak to as well later to the young people who are listening is that it was very disappointing. But again, I realized that I can't blame my parents for everything and I need to take responsibility for my own success. And, you know, one of the things that my father had said to me was that, you know, we we can only give you This much we can only take you This far but you have The tools and the ability to take Yourself even further and you Need to recognize what that strength is In you and I think that conversation For me really just helped me It grounded me to understand That it's really in my hands mm. and yeah so that's when i started engaging with um you know organizations within the township as well mm. um who you know helped me understand and see more opportunities in terms of applying for bursaries which i did and then i got into this university mm. and that's when um i studied politics so again now going back to mm. this um you know just this idea of how do i even get into wanting to study politics so along that journey i had read an article that said if you want to change the world you need to understand politics so i think i took that in the very literal sense because yeah. i was like i want to change the world so that means i need to study politics and that's how i got into into what um you know what i decided to study. And, uh, you know, throughout that whole experience, throughout that whole journey, um, I started to realize that I had a passion in talking, a passion in media, as much as, you know, that for the longest time was a confidence that I had to build. Mm. Right. And uh, now just referring back to, you know, the pageantry journey. Mm. So my mom says as a young kid, she realized that I was very timid and mm. you know i wasn't outspoken and you know that's something that really worried her mm. and part of that was just the situation at the time so i'll tell you a quick little story mm. um so when i was about six years old uh, there was a time my parents and i were moving around quite a lot and one day we got to this place which is today known as uh, ivory park um and i mean i didn't i was young so i didn't care much for a lot of things and you know playing Mm -hmm. house house with my dolls and there was Mm -hmm. i wasn't at school at the time and um one day my dad comes with his taxi full of building material Mm -hmm. and uh, he says to me we're gonna do something today so i was like okay fun (laughs) times And he started offloading all this building material. And then, you know, he's putting together the structure and he called some people who came to help. And, you know, here I was busy passing nails around and it was just so exciting and fun for me. And then during that process, I thought to myself, oh, my goodness, my dad is building me my own playhouse. (laughs) And uh, for the longest time, my mom says, I basically interpreted that situation as my dad built me my own playhouse that they were basically playing with me in. But Mm. in reality, it was a tin house that we were going to live in. And it was just so small and so animated that in my head, i just thought oh this is my playhouse for me to play in Mm. but the reality of the situation is that was our house that was our Mm. family house and that's what we could afford at the time Mm. and um the one afternoon after school i called all my friends from the community and i'm like guys i've got a playhouse come let's go and when we got there all the kids just burst out laughing yeah so i'm like I don't understand why these kids laughing, yeah. but of course they knew, you know, they understood yeah, what was yeah, happening. Yeah. And I just thought, Oh, this is, I'm yeah. so special. Cause my dad built me this playhouse. Yeah. And my mom says they actually let me believe that for the longest time, you know, until yeah. eventually yeah. I got to, to understanding what was really happening. But I think what's what's important for me or what was a big lesson when I reflect back was perspective, mm. right? You could be in a situation, a bad situation, mm. but the perspective and how you think of it and how you see it can actually change how you go through the experience of the reality. Yeah. So for the longest time, I thought I was the most special yeah. kid in, the, yeah. in, <laughs> sure. in that place sure. because I had this beautiful tin house. Meanwhile, someone yeah. else would have been depressed and sad and, you know, just... I guess downtrodden because you feel like, wow, this is actually where we live. Um, But I, I think for me, throughout my my growing up and my journey and my career i've always just taken that perspective or Mm -hmm. just kind of drawn from those experiences to understand that yes a lot of things can happen to you uh, but it does not mean that that's what you need to be and Mm -hmm. that's what you need to reflect to the world Mm -hmm. it does take a lot of strength it does take a lot of um courage as well because Mm, now you're throwing mm. yourself into you know experiences and situations that you might not necessarily have points of reference for Mm. but you 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 keep going um yeah so i think um (laughs) you know there's so much that uh, i can talk to Mm. with regards to my journey and uh, you mentioned doug the hashtag daughter of a taxi driver Mm. um a very big part of my journey as well because you know growing up with my dad being a taxi driver for the longest time, it was something that I was so embarrassed about, Mm. so ashamed of uh, because, you know, kids at school would always laugh. And, you know, earlier Mm. we were talking about how ruthless kids can be. And, you know, that's something that I experienced, you know, the bullying, the the shaming. And that really did take a knock at my self-confidence, you know, being a young woman. Mm. And for the longest time, I also resented my parents because I was Mm. like, well, dad, why can't you just be like other dads and wear suits and drive a normal car? Mm. Why do you have to, you know, drive this weird looking taxi and, you know, Mm. people make fun of me all the time because of it? Mm. Um, And, um, you know, the one day my dad had this conversation with me saying to me when he fished me from school was that, you know, boy, Belo, those kids in your class might be laughing at you. But you need to understand that you are sitting in the same classroom as them and Mm -hmm. you're being taught by the same person so Mm -hmm. it means that you are getting you know exactly what they're getting Mm -hmm. you might not be going back to you know a fancy house but just understand that you are now placed in the same room to get mm-hmm. the same opportunities that they could potentially have and it's up to you what you're going to do with that mm-hmm. um and i think that's that's something that has really stayed with me that i've taken and um what i realized was that as much as i was ashamed of my father being a taxi driver he was there he mm. was present mm. you know uh, he mm. played a huge role in everything that i did driving me to my castings and my modeling mm. even though he didn't understand yeah. it <laughs> yeah. but yeah. um you know because it was something that i was passionate about and he saw the positivity that it brought out of me it it you know it was something that he continued to support yeah. and um you know today i'm grateful for that experience because now i understood when i got the south africa platform and i started Um, Talking to those realities I realized that Whoa, I wasn't alone And there Mm -hmm. were so many other people Who were feeling the same way In their own, you know Respective experiences And I think for me Establishing that hashtag As Daughter of a Taxi Driver Helped me to Firstly, educate other people Especially, I guess, in south Hmm. african society i mean we all have our experiences with taxi drivers on the road (laughs) 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 which i will not get into um
1: obvious exception yes (laughs) (laughs) of
3: course (laughs) um um, but you know just reminding people that you know we are people too and you know Hmm. these are men who have families who um are also just trying to do the best that they can do with what they have and you know from that experience and just that journey, so many people came forward with their own stories mm. from different walks of life, right? Mm. Uh, people who were sharing that, oh, they haven't seen their parents in so long because they mm. never got over that um, mm. embarrassment. You know, now they are leaders and executives, but they just can't go back home or mm. they can't connect back home because of that shame that they, they just never, ever got over.
1: You know, there's a, there's, there's a huge uh, dynamic there. from what I understand. With young executives, and we'll come to the BMF Black Management Forum later on, mm. where weekends are spent Cassie mm-hmm. side. I mean, there, there's a yeah. huge dynamics. So Monday to Friday is where I work and and kind of dwell in Santon, but I go back. So it, yes. it looks like that wheel is is turning for the better, and that there's a more positive. Uh, acceptance of of roots now? Would that Mm. be a fair observation? No, absolutely.
3: Absolutely. Uh, And uh, I think because for the longest time, you know, the the, the thinking that for you to fit in, you have to reflect a certain lifestyle or a certain background. So anything that connects you to the township or Mm. to um, poverty or your background Mm. If that does not fit with now this new brand or this new image, then it's out of the picture. But I think, yeah, as you're saying, over time, you know, we've actually come to understand that those experiences actually help us to be better and active citizens. Mm. Because now we're able to lead with consideration and lead with compassion, understanding those different backgrounds and experiences. Yeah,
1: absolutely. I mean, talking about, you know, experiences and talking about politicians and politics, Uh, If there's any politicians listening to this show, I'd like to just revert (laughs) back to uh, the bit about dad, you know, building a house here and there. It would be nice if some of the politicians (laughs) passed a few bricks and nails around, (laughs) quite frankly. But uh, (laughs) enough of that, Doc. I'm going to – what intrigued me in all of this, um, we were chatting earlier, Doc, about the difference between shareholder value and stakeholder kind of orientation – I'm intrigued. Let's go back a little bit. I've got a deep concern that when we're talking about uh, transformation and we're taking young people into organizations, it often ends up as abandonment. But the CELSI experience, that you went from a CELSI beauty pageant type environment to uh, interns and here you are X number of years. How many years is that now? Five, six? Four years. Four years later, you're part of the mix. So I'd like to hear about your positive kind of experiences in that internship because so many of them just seem to be, I I hate the term because it goes back to the apartheid 60s, the dumping ground. There was even a movie Mm -hmm. called The Dumping Ground. But how did you experience that? Because it's clearly given you a sense Mm -hmm. of confidence and and, and a sense of perspective as well.
0: Hashtag no
1: filter. That's how this podcast is delivering real down-to-earth stories told by real people.
0: An influencer campaign that takes brand conversations to everyday real life situations. Go check out thesalt.co.za. They are the undisputed experts in real influencer marketing.
3: So, um, interestingly enough, um, I did not imagine myself in corporate firstly. And uh, when I entered my South Africa and found out about the the internship, it, it didn't matter to me because I was like, no, this is not something I'm going to do anyway. Um, at the time, I was still studying. And I was a full-time newsreader, you know, so I was in broadcasting. And that's that's where I had kind of seen my career going. So mm. the internship at CELSE was a, okay, no, whatever, you know, continue mm. on to the journey. And um, through the, the journey of my reign and just engaging with people, you know, I really started to think hard about it. And um, I mean, I love a good challenge. And I thought to myself, Hey, maybe if I could do this for a year, I mean, it's just 12 months, yeah. um, you know, this could be just a nice diversion just for the year, you mm. know, just like take it as a, um, a break yeah. from all the, the media stuff. And uh, four years later, here I am. <laughs> yeah. So I think that's quite telling of the experience that I had that firstly, it really opened up my my mind Because I had a certain view about corporate and what that would be like. You know, I thought that this would hinder the progress or my brand growth. Mm. And that it would stop me from, you know, my passion project. But in fact, it's an experience that um, harnessed that and helped me to learn more about the world Mm. and understand business better and Mm. working with people better. And, you know, I mean, by virtue of being here today as well, I'm like, I got to meet Mm. people like Doug who... Mm. Um, you know at the time we're in there in the organization supporting us and you know just really showing us that the world is at our feet and it's really about what we can do with those opportunities yeah. so it, it certainly yeah. was an experience that um,
2: yeah.
3: I believe just elevated my thinking and how I approached my career
2: and my growth and I think you know it's so important and I think you know Boy, Pella, just going back to your earlier points about how you see things, <clears throat> mm. how you contextualize things and, and how you add your lens of perspective. And I think, Gordon, the lesson for all South Africans, you know, is that as the country grows and and, and moves forward, albeit sometimes in, in difficult circumstances, you need more people with a positive outlook. And sometimes it mm. almost borders on that fairytale fantasy self-belief that you make real through hard work through mm-hmm. studying through going uh, getting out there now i mean i don't want to ask you but i mean most people if you go to casting you don't get every role you know you yes. don't win every pageant so there's there's loss you know and it's dealing with that at, at a young age you know um but coming back, in just one of the terms, years ago, uh, I worked with a great guy, Chris Kobel and Scobes and I, were, we coined a phrase, speaking about the corporate chameleon, how we expect people to move as a chameleon does, between a township life that we're not familiar with, Gordon, getting up at four in the morning, Catching mm-hmm. in many cases two sometimes unroadworthy taxis mm-hmm. to do the best you can in a corporate environment. But it's at eight o'clock you must magically change. You know you mm-hmm. have to answer the phone like we've scripted it. Um, and at ten o'clock you can have tea and then you can have lunch and then go back. And so it's an interesting dynamic of of living almost in two worlds that you've managed to straddle. And Gordon, your point of you know a lot of people are returning their roots and embracing that unashamedly and not shying away from it, saying that, you know, Alex is as good as Bryanston. Uh, and in many cases better because of the tapestry and the nuances. Let's just move a little bit now. You, you, so you're currently with Solsey, but I want to talk a little bit about some of the other work that you're doing. And if someone can go, let's just talk about your webpage. I got on, and I must be honest, I got tired reading it because there's so many things. When I was 27, I mean, thankfully the web hadn't been invented yet. Yeah. But, but I mean, so it's yeah. great that you're doing a lot of stuff. And I remember last year, It was your birthday and you wrote wrote something on LinkedIn, asked people to give you some advice. And and I guess not. You didn't necessarily say people older than you, but I suppose in in some way you applied it. And I wrote a few comments. But I mean, I just look at the stuff you're doing today. You're talking about inspiring people to change and your vision along four lines. The youth to change. So we'll talk a little bit about that community development and upliftment, uh, education, education, uh, and then this whole image of Africa. So I don't know mm. if you want to maybe just touch on one or two, or all of those, yeah. just so that we can talk about and, and, and try to understand what you mean by, by, those, by those words. Yeah.
3: Um, so, I mean, all of those elements for me are interlinked, right? Um, for us to see the, the Africa that we want, we need to st- take a step back and, you know, start at the roots. And for me, the root is youth the young people, the people who are meant to be the leaders of the future. And I apply my own experiences a lot to thinking about these issues where, so from understanding youth development, the big part of that is education and not just institutionalized education, right? It's just exposure to different ways of thinking, exposure to understanding, um, you know, what's around you. And, um, With community development, again, it's creating the environment and enabling environment for those young people to thrive and be able to make the decisions that will lead us forward eventually as a country and as a continent. Um, So I think for me and my journey, one of the things that I began to appreciate and realize is that what I do or what I think of as my little goal for my own little success path is not just about me it impacts so many people and it has it's it's almost a domino effect and you know one prime example was my miss south africa experience when i entered the pageant i was actually doing it as a it was my practice year (laughs) i i did not think that i was going to get that far so i did not tell anyone Mm -hmm. so i remember when the the finalists were going to be announced and it was going to be a media um Announcement. That's when I realized that. Oh my word! Nobody knows. I need to call. Like I had to call my mom and be like, "Oh, mom! A couple of months ago, I entered in South Africa, and this is what happened." You know. So, um, so that's when I was like, "Oh my word! My my actions, my dreams, my goals are not just for me or about me, but there's such a ripple effect to what we do." And I think when we realize that, then I think we how we decide and how we move in life could potentially change when we understand that. Mm. So I think having that appreciation, that understanding and realizing the impact of my work, that's when I then took it as uh, upon myself as a responsibility that cool. But nobody has given you a title to be like, you are a role model. It has Mm. happened by virtue of what you do. Mm. And that's something you just have to recognize and walk with and, you know, be aware of. So that's how I kind of started, um, into really engaging and getting involved in the community of Alex because I realized and I recognized young girls and young people who were just like me. Mm. And for them, when they looked at me, They couldn't believe that i was from alex Mm. and i was like but guys i grew up here but now because i was on this platform it was too far-fetched for Mm. them to understand that they could also be there Mm. you know the fact that i had now gone to rich university and i'd graduated it was like no ways you probably lived half your life in santon and i was like but i was here my Mm. whole life you know this is me so now just seeing that and how it did not make sense for them made me realize how important my telling my story and engaging with them was Mm. and um yeah so i started a little organization within my um where i stayed at at sixth avenue and alex uh and uh, the whole aim of it was to share life skills Mm. just basic life skills and you know just information sharing sessions that i had with them and it was literally the most basic of things like how to put together a CV, you know, how to... And they really appreciated that. Mm. And I think, you know, to many of us, that's something that we can take for granted. Mm. Um, but in in that setup, that is everything because you don't get people mm. around you talking about that, yeah. you know, uh, and just under, seeing that, just a little bit of exposure to what is just outside the borders of our community and yeah. things that we can, um, you know, access. You know, it was quite mind-blowing to see how they didn't know and i'm like i was also in a in a i guess a a privileged position in the fact that you know i was able to go to school outside of alex and have those experiences but for me i realized that wow there's such a gap and um i have a role to play in Mm. you know bridging the gap especially around information especially around just showing the young people the possibilities that that are there for them
1: yeah Yeah. you you know I, i made a note here to ask the obvious question, you know, what, what advice have you got for, for young people? But I think you've addressed a lot of that. So the, the thought occurs to me that I, I should shift that question slightly. Um, one of my colleagues, a well known uh, media personality, Peter Lunchman, made an observation a while ago, which really I found very helpful when you're sitting watching television and there's a lot of anger direct that what you see, let's call it roads uh, must fall or whatever it is that's upsetting a segment of the community. Much of that distress is caused not by cultural or racial uh, gaps, but by the very simple generation gap. Just as old Mm -hmm. people since time immemorial have looked at young people and thought they were behaving irresponsibly. So my question to you is... What advice have you got for older people like me? (laughs) What what role do I play in closing the generation gap? And I think that's crucial because Mm. we've got a skill set in South Africa, which is uh, to a large degree being abandoned in many areas. We're importing skills into the country from places like Cuba. So, so what? What's my role in your hashtag? Be inspired. I love that, yes. be, and those initiatives. How, what, what can I do to, mm. to to contribute and be part of it? Because that's really important, I think, for for the route forward for all of us.
3: Yeah, wow, Gordon. I absolutely love that, <laughs> and um, quite a quite a challenge actually, because I think most of the time we. As young people, we can point fingers right at you to say, yeah. oh, you're not doing this and you're not doing that, but actually not have a real solution as to then how do we work together? And uh, I think it's interesting that we're here because um, at one of the events a couple of weeks ago that we had with the the BMF around transformation, one of the things that um, came out of that was cool so we we can point as young people we can point out all the things that the the older generation has not done that now we have to step in to you know fill the gap uh but what what can be done about that what what does that mean for us and i think the big thing that came out of it was as the older generation just take a moment and pause and see how you can Share what you've learned. You guys have a wealth of experiences and knowledge, and um, you know, just valuable lessons that we can take and learn from. Mm-hmm. Provide a platform where we can learn from that, and you know, effectively get that knowledge out of you. You know, one of the the business leaders that I follow and I and I really like Jack Ma says part of his journey. So when he reached fifty his goal was to start sharing information and releasing everything that he had learned in his journey. And, um, you know, I think that's a, that's a very important element or ask that I would have of of you to say that, you know, let's have these dialogues and discussions and really open ourselves up to to being challenged firstly and to to being taken out of our comfort zone. Yeah. Um, because I think one of the, the other major things is that we've still got these... Uh, racial stereotypes and yeah. ideas, and and I say to a lot of young people who you know when they ask me, so who who mentored you or who helped you? And I'm like, when I started in corporate, um, you know, I was mentored by a a white man, and I think in the in the context of our country and how we understand these stereotypes, one wouldn't expect that, yeah. right? Because in from what we now know. You know, a black woman is like now the almost enemy of the white man or however you might want to to see it, especially in the corporate context, considering the histories, considering all the Mm. dynamics that are within that corporate space. I'm like, it's just really about also opening up your mind and your heart that you can learn from someone who's different from you or someone you are not supposed to necessarily get along with and vice versa. Um, so, so yeah, yeah and in I a think, I think,
1: you know, th- that's point and and I'm very aware of, of time and Doc. I'm going to leave you to wrap because you, you've got the background here. But I think a lot of that and, and the juxtaposition of white males and, and black females is a good mm-hmm. case in points. So if I go back to Peter lunchmidt's observation, 90% of the time the gap is not the white male versus the black female, Mm -hmm. but an age gap. And I just wonder, in that pause and reflect, which you've challenged me to do, I need to pause and reflect on my own behavior and realize how much of it is me just being a grumpy old person of whatever <laughs> culture you know it's it's an yeah. age thing very often but yes. i i love the energy i love the message for young people doc i'm going to leave it to you to do the rap right yeah
2: thanks gordon um yeah i think boy bella it's such an you know important point and i think it's been made so often yet not always implemented is that people must be willing to learn from the other side to talk to whatever that other side may be, whether it's a gender you know race is the most obvious one Gordon, you know the first thing we see uh, i guess is, is is age a young person versus an older person and and and, and race gender obviously as well, but i mean I think and, and we've spoken about this and and we don't want to go down we've got to wrap now um the whole real transformation and and the good work that you're doing, you know, with BMF and 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 hopefully you have a long, very successful path with them. But to get real transformation, that there's a place in South Africa for all South Africans and that they can mm-hmm. play their role, all parties must be prepared to accept that. Uh, And to give, you know, to give a little bit of that on the other side as well. And I think uh, we're in a a much better place, certainly, than, uh, you know, than we are at the moment. Well, Bella, thanks very much. Last thing, uh, how do people get hold of you? I know you're very prominent on social platforms. If you can just give us a few of those and, and and we encourage people out there. Please, guys, as we always say, be part of the conversation. Get a hold of Boy Pella, mm-hmm. Send her comments. Uh, ask questions. You know, we don't always know all the answers. Uh, that's why we have such great guests. So how do people <laughs> get a hold of you?
3: Uh, you can find me on all social media platforms, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn, at Um So my name is consistent across all the, the platforms. And uh, if you want to reach me on email, it's also available on my platforms, info. At buipilomabi.com
2: Great, uh, Buipela. Thanks very much. So, you go on, get on the web page, read about stuff, explore, dream, discover, and a whole lot more. Uh, Buipela, thanks very much for time. Gordon. Thanks for your time, and yeah. we'll uh, we'll catch you next week, and uh, Buipela, <laughs> yeah. we'll catch you on all the social yes. platforms. Continue no, thank you. Continue doing the great work. Thanks very much. And and thank we'll you We'll play you so out much.
1: with Cliff Richard <laughs> singing the young, the young ones, <laughs> darling, with the young ones.
2: And so there was another episode of The Doc and the Guru. Please don't uh, forget to get hold of us on Facebook. Like us, follow us, uh, subscribe to the podcast. And then from my side, you can get hold of me on LinkedIn, Dr. Doug Mateus. I'm uh, very active and very keen to hear about your views uh, and certainly will respond. And hopefully we can bring that into the show.
1: Thanks, Doc. And it's uh, Gordon Miller, the guru, signing off. Thank you for being with us and listening into this podcast today. You can pick up the discussion with me on my Twitter handle, at Mzanzi Media. And I'd love to engage with you on any of the issues that we've taken on in the show. And take us at our word, this is really going to be an open forum. There are no subjects that are taboo. And we'd love to have some of the younger, more under-listened, if that's the correct phrase, uh, voices to join us uh, in this discussion. Thanks for your time. This podcast
0: series has been made possible by The Salt, the influencer company that turns influence into affluence. In the same way that information is presented in this podcast in a relatable and authentic way, The Salt gets your customers to tell their real brand stories to their audience. Go to the thesalt.co.za to learn more about how The Salt can help you grow your business.